GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me is my buddy, Sean the Arcade Phantom. Sean, great as always to be hanging out with you and talking about The Simpsons. And this week we're talking about the episode Moaning Lisa. Original air date, February 11th, 1990. Yeah, so in this episode, Lisa is depressed. She can't snap out of it, uh, and uh, all the while, Homer is frustrated that he keeps losing to Bart in a video game. Something I can relate to. (laughs) I feel like Smash Brothers and me have a kind of a relationship with this. I thought you were going to say the depression part, and I was like, I mean... Oh, well, that too, but I mean, (laughs) come on. Are we going to get real in this episode, too? Oh, we're going to get real in every episode. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, So, just to to let you know where we're at in the world, because we like to talk about what was going on in uh, 1990. On February 11th, there's actually two really big things that were going on. The first one is that Mike Tyson lost his heavyweight championship belt to James Buster Douglas. After being the champ since 1986, it was the first knockdown Mike Tyson had had in 38 fights. Kind of funny, because this episode involves boxing in a way. It so does. So it kind of sets up. Right? I thought that was really crazy. Uh, and then, more importantly, though, this is going to kind of set, set like, kind of the world, you know, uh, uh, you know, stage kind of. Uh, Nelson Mandela was finally granted release from jail in South Africa after 27 years. Wow, really? On the same day? Uh, yep. It was, uh, uh, I. it may have technically been like the, the day before, you know, uh, Nelson Mandela was released, but on the, on the Sunday news, this was the big story, was uh, Nelson Mandela being released. The best part about that is, you and I did not care about that at all when we were kids then. You're, you're not wrong, I didn't. I kind of like boxing now, so... <clears throat> The uh, Tyson story is interesting, and Nelson Mandela, I mean, went on to end apartheid in South Africa, but what were we caring about, Sean? There was one thing we were caring about right then. On uh-huh. February 12th, Super Mario Brothers 3 came out. So wow! That's all I thought of. Oh, man. That is the most important thing that was going on in the world. <laughs> I know, right? Everybody should, well, everybody in America. Japan already had it for two years, but everybody in America should care about it. Ah, Japan always getting everything before us, jerks. Uh, to all our Japanese listeners, we apologize for that. Yeah, we're we, jealous. We, we do. It <laughs> is born of jealousy. But also, I don't like you right now. <laughs> because, man, Mario, you had Mario 3 for two whole years before us. But it was exciting that we finally got it. That and was... they made it easier for us. I guess that's it. Good thing. Uh, young kid Sean finds that a good thing. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Good, you know, good, good thing for for young Craig and Sean. But uh, so let's let's dive into the episode. So the episode begins with Lisa just staring into the mirror. This is probably the most grim opening I can think of for an episode. You know, I think you're right. It, it starts off, and I'm not in a good mood. I'm already kind of sad. Also, uh, Lisa's brand of toothpaste, did you catch that? I did not catch that. Her brand of toothpaste is glum. Oh, that's it is, on the nose. <laughs> it is perhaps the worst <laughs> name for a toothpaste, short of fang rot. Uh, or scum, <laughs> or scum. Yes, I, uh, uh, I, I was looking at it, and I was just staring, and I was like, "Man, 
Her toothpaste is called Glum. G-L-U-M. Glum. To so, any aspiring writers out there, that's a little too on the nose. Yeah, I would say so. I, I think that was a, a, a little much. But so Lisa stares into the mirror as Homer bangs on the door, uh, you know, demanding to be let in or whatever because he's got to go, which makes you think, well, okay, then Marge is showering or in the bathroom. Well, it must be in the bathroom because I'm sure that he would have opened the door to his own bathroom even if Marge was showering to use the restroom, right? Yeah, he, he would have, I would assume. They but- have two bathrooms. It's a little weird that he's banging on... The kid's door. I thought it was weird that they only mentioned this one bathroom at the time. I don't think they had a second bathroom planned, because I don't think we've seen it yet. Oh, that could be. We might not have seen it at this time. That could very well be. I I think in a few episodes we'll see it when Marge and Homer are preparing for their night on the town in some enchanted evening. I believe so. I I think think we catch it then. Yeah, that might be the first time. But so, uh, I thought it was kind of funny that, like, uh... Uh, Bart yells women and children first as Lisa opens the door, dives in, and slams the door. I feel like that was pretty clever. I actually did that to my own dad when growing up. (laughs) I stole that bit, and I did it, and I ran in the bathroom, and he was pissed. Well, I mean, he probably pissed his pants. You caused your dad to uh, wet himself. I'm glad. (laughs) I'm a jerk, but I'm glad. So, so Lisa's really depressed at the the breakfast table, and uh, Homer rushes in. He's late for work, and he's got to look for his keys. And there's a uh, the only reason I I set the stage here is because there's there's something with the animation that kind of weirded me out. So, uh, right as uh, uh, Bart, you know, tell or as Bart is like looking at Homer as he's searching for his keys, his eyes slowly slide down. And it just, there's something really off about it because nothing else in the animation moves. So it's really kind of creepy the way his eyes just sort of shrink down. And it's just real off-putting. I thought it kind of looked like a lazy eye because I noticed that too. And I have a note (laughs) of that, that it kind of looks like he gets a lazy eye for a second. Maybe, you know, in a later season, I believe season four, uh, Bart has to wear corrective lenses because he starts getting a lazy eye. I wonder if that was developing here. Uh, it could be, or it's just bad animation. Probably bad animation. That plagues a lot of season one. That was actually some of the problems with some Enchanted Evening, but we'll get to that later. Yes, yes. The uh, uh, Even the animation in the kitchen, once again, is weirdly, like, painted on. It, it, feel, it looks very flat. There's no depth drawn to a lot of the backgrounds in the Simpsons kitchens in season one, and I don't understand why it's only the kitchens. I feel like the kitchen doesn't have a lot of depth, and everything seems kind of springy. Yeah, it's... It Maybe... And now, here's a thought. Maybe because in a kitchen you would normally have depth, you know, cabinets come out and stuff, you know, refrigerators come off the wall. In a lot of other rooms for The Simpsons, you know, there's not as much. You know, it's it's easier to draw, I think, just the couch and get away with it or whatever. But in the kitchen, I feel like maybe that's the sort of the uh, perspective, the sense of perspective is maybe just harder to do. That could be. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about animation, it honestly. Could just be cheap outsourced animation. That could very well be. Which <laughs> kind of was a problem in season one. <laughs> could very well be. Uh, so, I, uh, I, uh, Bart jokes about how he's getting more. Uh, it's getting colder, colder. And when Homer's like, "Oh, you know where my keys are." Bart then says, no, I'm talking about your breakfast, which is a, a really kind of a devious, clever line from Bart. I feel like this is, like, that's sort of like a, 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 a I feel like it's a pretty well-written line. I think clever is the best word to describe Bart and his pranks. Yeah. I wouldn't say Bart is smart, but mm-hmm. I would say he's very clever. He's very witty. Yeah. 
uh, which I, uh, well, that's actually in another episode, him being referenced as being witty later, uh, but we'll get to that another time. Uh, so Homer uh, finds his key, or Lisa finds uh, the keys, right, for Homer, and they're in the, the front door, still stuck in there. Have you ever done that before? Because I've done that numerous times where I've left the keys in the door. You know, I, 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 I actually put in the notes here that I've done it once, and it was a time when I had been drinking that yeah, night. That, that's usually when you do it, is when you come <laughs> home, you've been drinking, and... Are you implying that Homer Simpson might have come home drunk the night before, Sean? I'm saying he might have. And I'm just saying, also, <laughs> don't drink and drive. I mean... Yes. Uh, in my case, I had uh, an Uber uh, drop me off. This this was only a few years ago. And uh, the next morning, I was, like, looking for my keys. And I was like, oh, my God. I, like, went out drinking the night before. And then it dawned on me. I was like, wait, how did I get into my own apartment if I don't have my keys? And I, sure enough, went to, like, the, the door, opened it. And sure enough, they were just... Just right in there. Funny Car enough, keys and everything. The one time I have a note of doing that was a time we took an Uber out to go do Simpsons trivia, and we got really, really hammered doing <laughs> Simpsons trivia. <laughs> oh, man. So it all comes full circle right here for locking the keys in the door. <sighs> I'm so glad it was on that night. That makes that makes me feel so much better. So much better. I, I don't think it was that night for me, but it honestly could have been. We had maybe a little bit too much to drink. Uh, so I... You know, Bart, or Homer gets his keys, runs runs off. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, before he runs off, uh, Marge offers a cupcake. Yeah, she offers a cupcake, but she's only got two cupcakes. Only two. And Lisa lets them know that, you know, a, a mere cupcake is not going to make her happy. Which should be a red flag, but instead uh, Homer and Bart high-five, take the cupcakes, and run. But the main reason I bring this up is because have you noticed that cupcakes look more like muffins in season one? They do. They they really don't look frosted, but, I mean, they're cupcakes. They're delicious. I, I, mean, I need a non-frosted cupcake. I don't care. I, you know what? I'm going to put it out on the line. If somebody offers me a non-frosted cupcake, I'm going to let them know that they didn't try hard enough. They did not try hard enough because all it takes is a little bit of frosting to complete the cupcake. Listen, maybe they're making it for like a kid's birthday. They've only got, you know, enough frosting to do 20 of them. There are four left over and they say, hey, do you want these? I'm going to eat them. I'm going to turn my nose up. I'm going to I'm going to say, "You know what? Kind sir, I I I scoff at your frostless cupcakes and I demand you give me some of the ones for the children." I am too much of a glutton to do that. <laughs> I will eat all four of them and then I'll beg for one with the frosting. Uh, so I you know, and here so so Lisa starts going about her days, right? And she's super depressed. She's sad. She, you know, nothing seems to be going her way. Uh, nobody's getting it. I actually love this part of the episode. Mm -hmm. It's not a happy part of the episode. No. It's not pleasant. No. But I think this is the most accurate depiction of depression I have seen on TV at this point in my life. Yeah, I mean, Lisa, like, every so often is reaching out, letting her know, that, letting others know she's sad or that things aren't going her way. And she kind of gets ignored, whether it's her, even her school friends, like, uh, what is it, Janie, who she's sitting next to? Janie, she's sitting next to. In the lunchroom, yeah. Uh, Janie, the, even the gym teacher? Mr. Largo, her music teacher. Oh, yeah, Mr. Largo. Uh, he had been in the opening uh, throughout the series, but this, I, oh, no, he was in the Christmas special, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in the Christmas special. Yeah, he was in the Christmas special, that's right. But uh, Largo is kind of a jerk in this episode. Which I feel is how most people treat people with depression. 
when they Honestly, don't know how to deal with it, which is sad. It, it, it is. really is. It, you know, it, it definitely is. I, I feel like I feel like depression is kind of an awkward thing to touch base with somebody on because it's so you know, the the human mind is something that is it is for each individual person. You know, it's sort of like kind of something that's like, you know, it's it's just like you you don't have access to it. It's not anything you'll ever truly grasp on is another person's mind. And when you're asking somebody about depression, it's like, hey, can you can you fill me in on that? And it's just sort of like weird and obtrusive and awkward, even though in a lot of cases it's only feels that way. It it also kind of is a thing where it's like, oh yeah, you want me to tell me something I can't explain myself? Okay, sure. Let me tell yeah. you about it. Yeah, that's that's it, you know, and that's the other thing too is you kind of come off as uh, like when you ask somebody with like depression, like oh hey, how you feeling? It's like how do you, it, it's so hard to like even approach it. Like how are you? How are you hanging in there? Like it's just like nothing you're saying is gonna come out right. And so I feel like a lot of people just decide like oh, I just rather not even bring it up, and hopefully they want to talk about it. But if you're depressed, you probably don't want to bring it up in the first place or even mention it but that's what i like about this is it they kind of touch on that it's a thing that most people don't understand and Mm -hmm. lisa doesn't know how to deal with it she's just a kid who's sad yeah yeah so uh bart starts a food fight uh uh lisa's just not taking it she's just sitting there she gets hit with food and then she's you know, in her dodgeball match, and which is in gym class. Which, weird thing, do kids play dodgeball anymore? I've heard it was removed, like, schools don't allow it anymore. And I don't know if that was just a weird rumor. Uh, so, for any of our fans out there who have kids, who are or currently going through who school. who are kids. Or who are younger, you know, uh, you know, let us know. Because, uh, re- you know, reach out to us, uh, whether it's through uh, the GameZilla Media Discord or through, uh, you know, social media or whatever, because like, I I was under the impression that they don't allow it anymore, or or it's not like it's not something they do. It's not included in the curriculum. Uh, curriculum. I I remember doing dodgeball when we were in like middle school and uh-huh. not doing anything because I didn't care. You know, I actually kind of had fun with dodgeball. There was uh there was actually a version. That's because you're a bully. That's because you're a bully, <laughs> oh. Craig. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You're probably true. That's probably true. Uh, but I, uh, I, there was actually a uh, <laughs> our old coach in middle school, which I know you remember, Coach K. Yeah, I do. Because oh, Sean yeah. and I went to the same middle school. We didn't go to the same elementary school. We went to the same middle school. And Coach K had made, I don't know if he made the game or if he borrowed it. I have no clue. But it was called Gladiator Dodgeball. And you would put one ball in the middle of the floor, and everybody circled around it, like in the like this huge like like perimeter around the room. And he would like yell out, like I think you, he gave everybody numbers, so nobody would know who was like what number. And he would just call out numbers, and the two numbers would be primed. He'd blow a whistle, and then you'd dive for the ball and catch it and hit the other person with it. The listeners can't see my face, but I'm remembering every aspect of this game as you explain it, and it was awesome. <laughs> and there was this, I think the last time we played it, and, and maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm misremembering, but uh, I I dove because I I thought you know what I want to I want to win this match. Like uh, like the the other person who was getting primed was this kid who was kind of a, a jerk at the school. He was like on the football team. He was kind of a bully, but not as or a bigger even bully than me. In and, case the listeners can't tell, we were nerds. Yeah, yeah. I was a jerk in middle school, but you know I I was a nerd. And uh, in middle school. That's middle school? Especially large jerk in middle school. Less of a jerk as time went by, but still a jerk. 
little bit less. <clears throat> anyway, uh, but uh, so he blew the whistle. We dive out. I slide tackle towards the ball, and he slide slid towards the ball. And it just so happened that my knee lined up in between his legs. Bravo, Crick. Bravo. <laughs> and I totally nailed this kid right in the family jewels. Simpsons reference for you. And uh, this poor kid is, like, crying and, like, feeling sick to his stomach because this kid who is probably a, just a little too heavy for his own good just slid at, like, 10 miles an hour across the room right into his... <clears throat> yes. And uh, it was... Uh, I don't know whether I'm proud of myself for it or not, but I then picked up the ball and hit him with it. I was just going to ask, did you hit him with the ball afterwards? I did. In, in my defense, in the moment, I was kind of caught up into things, and I, I, I wanted to win, and I didn't really realize what had happened to him until afterwards. But, uh, yeah, that was that was my you know dodgeball experience in uh, middle school. But uh, here's the thing, though. I... I don't think Springfield Elementary has a firm grasp of the rules of dodgeball because Lisa got hit like five to ten times and she's still standing there. But when you're hit, you're supposed to go to the outside perimeter per standard dodgeball rules. I think it's like in paintball where if somebody's dead, quote unquote, and they don't go off the thing, you shoot them again. I don't know because, I mean, like, yeah, fair enough Like that she's not acknowledging her defeat like she should be moving off to the side but at the same time i feel like maybe that's when the 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 teacher at that point is like hey guys listen maybe lisa's injured maybe she's not moving because she's hurt maybe we shouldn't just keep holding her with dodgeballs i really hope there's some listener out there who does have kids and they're sitting here getting really sweaty thinking i wonder if my kid's getting the crap kicked out of him in gym because this sounds harsh i don't remember this it was, I mean, it was fun. I liked dodgeball, but it, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't, you know, especially uh, that uh, kind. So, I, uh, so the scene changes, and we move on to one of the probably the highlights for me when I was younger when I saw this episode, and that was Bart and Homer playing a uh, uh, Super Slugfest. That was the name, right, Sean? Yep, it's Super Slugfest, and it looks like they're playing on the Atari VCS, or the 2600, as it was later renamed. Ah, uh, yeah, the, uh, I, you know, because they're, they're uh, holding a, a, a controller, which is just a joystick and a single button, right? Yep, which is what the Atari had, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, they, uh, uh, a couple of things to, to note here when it comes to even just the animation. Uh, they're on the couch, and did you catch what's behind them, Sean? I did not catch what's behind them because I was busy looking at the video game console and making notes about that. Uh, it was a window. There's a window behind the couch in that scene? There is, there is a window behind the couch in that scene, despite the fact that there is no window otherwise, like throughout any other episode of The uh, Simpsons. There is a window behind them. Uh, also, the kitchen door is where the door outside should be. It's this weird perspective change. Which at the time nobody would have noticed because The Simpsons was so new. But when you've seen a hundred or you know however many yeah hundreds of episodes and you've watched them over and over again, it's like oh yeah that's not supposed to be there. That's super weird. I was busy focusing on how the Atari was hooked up. Mm-hmm. It had those little U shaped hookups that you put in the back of the VCR. Oh okay. I don't remember what those were called, but they were like the ones you actually had to screw in onto the thing. I had to use those at one point when I was younger. Yeah, those were the worst. Yes, they were. As someone who still collects and plays a lot of retro games. I hate dealing with those so very much. 
I think my ColecoVision has those. <laughs> ColecoVision. Oh, man. And every time I go to play it, I just have to, like, screw it into the back of the VCR. It takes, like, a half an hour. I don't want to play it by the time I'm done. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, by the time you've hooked it up, you're just like, all right, yeah, I'm done. Unhook it. And then the next time you're like, I kind of want to play around with the ColecoVision. So I'm glad we live in an era where everything's HDMI. Just plug in one cable, you're good to go. Oh, yeah. And every system now has the same And HDMI. then connect to the internet, get your updates, sit there for half an hour. <laughs> but it has its own flaws, but... I don't have to screw anything in. I don't have yeah. to do physical labor. Yeah, that's it's always a nice plus not having to do physical labor. Uh so so Bart just bodies Homer. Uh and at this point, I feel like Bart kind of prophesizes the future. A little bit. I, I think it's interesting that their characters in the game kind of look like Bart and Homer. Yeah, that's kind of interesting too. And the graphics look pretty solid for an Atari style system, but that's neither here nor there. Bart calls Homer I uh, the human punching bag. Oh, that's sad. Well, here's the thing. Many seasons later, Homer is going to be a boxer. Yeah. And, and his combat style is going to be that he takes hits to tire out the opponent and then knock him over when they're all winded and stuff. He becomes a human punching bag. Bart called it in season one. Huh. Right? That's kind of a weird thing, and I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I thought that was so weird because he's like human or Homer, the human punching bag, and and Homer's like, do you have to do this every time? And yeah, he totally calls it. I love Bart's narration of them playing the game. Bart narrates every punch that goes through like he's an actual fight commentator. Which I feel, and that was uh, something else I wanted to kind of bring up, is uh, uh, we, we make sure to mention when, when we catch dated references, even, you know, like like for The Simpsons, I feel like this, I feel like the Atari-style system is a little dated even by The Simpsons standard right now, because, like, Nintendo had been out for years. Oh, yeah, we're at the tail end of the NES's life. Oh, yeah, because uh, in, what, uh, uh, another year we would have the Super Nintendo? That's true. Yeah, it's so weird to think that, like, you know, which I, I can only imagine it's the writers were like, okay, I've played video games before, and they scribbled something out, and it was an Atari-style system. Well, you got to figure out the background animation is done by people in Korea, so... Oh, that could maybe be... I don't know what they had, because Korea had a lot of weird laws about importing things from Japan at the time. Yeah, that's true. That actually only ended more recently, didn't it? In yeah. the last however many years. That's actually why the Sega Master System was so popular in Brazil, because they had weird rules about importing things. And Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine it's something like that, or uh, uh, or it's, you know, something, you know, that the writers were just like, ah, oh, whatever, this is this is the video game I know. Uh, but, uh, so Lisa comes in, and uh, she hands, or, or yeah, she, uh, her and Marge, I uh, have a note from the gym teacher, and it's Lisa is too sad to play dodgeball. I love that note because all of my notes growing up, mm-hmm. my teachers were terrible. They were, Sean <laughs> did this. Sean said this. Sean threatened this. <laughs> Sean beat up this kid for no reason. I was also a jerk. <laughs> I actually didn't get a lot of letters sent home, but, but letters sent home was more of an elementary school thing. And I, in elementary school, I was actually pretty well behaved. I was pretty mild. I was, I, I was a pretty timid kid. It wasn't until middle school when I sort of like threw off the shackles of uh, uh, my oppressors and became a giant jerk and I became what I hated. Uh, mine also kind of started in middle school. Middle school was more for you. As I our see. listeners heard, we were the huggers back in the day. We were happy. 
Doggers. Oh, man. My elementary school wasn't quite as kind. Uh, but I... Uh, so anyway, I... I so Lisa, you know, uh, has a, a crisis, you know, and I think it's odd that as Lisa's having this crisis and she's doubting the significance of her existence, Homer has no words to offer. When just a short while ago, he had attempted suicide for the very same reason. I got to say, yes, that's horrible. Homer should relate to it. Mm-hmm. And that'll come up a little more later in this episode, because I have some more to say about uh-huh. Homer trying to kill himself. But I like that Homer, even though he doesn't understand the depression, he tries to relate to Lisa. He tries to do the right thing, and he's like, how can I help my daughter? I he, care he, about my daughter. He does want to help her, but he's also pretty preoccupied with a video game through this whole episode. Yes, <laughs> the video game is his main focus. <laughs> but I like that he tries. He, I, he does attempt. An attempt was made, but the path to hell is paved on good intentions. God, you made that dark. (laughs) I'm just saying that, like, it strikes me as really weird that he went through this same thing perhaps only a few nights ago. We don't know the Simpsons timeline. It might have been really recent. They don't age. For all we know, it was the night beforehand Homer tried to kill himself. Right? Who knows? Well, it have to be a little bit of time. Or each episode is a separate parallel dimension. Oh, that, that all takes could be. place on the same evening. Oh, that could be. Oh, that's that's something to consider. But here's uh, something else, though, is we know that uh, the Simpsons' first season got jumbled up from what they originally intended. And there is a scene. Uh, actually, no, there's really nothing to, to let us know through Homer's work right now whether or not he's a safety inspector is there. No, not yeah, really. We don't really know. So it could feasibly be that this was an episode meant for before. Uh but at the same time, I don't know, there's just something real, real weird to me that, that Homer is just like, how about a horsey ride? And he like tries to like knock her around on his lap or whatever in a, a desperate attempt to make her happy when, you know, that's just not going to cure depression. Horsey rides do not cure depression. That is a proven scientific fact. I think a horsey ride would cure my depression a little bit, maybe. No, Sean, it will not. Might make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will make you happy. Anyway, uh, so uh, not long after this scene, I, I, uh, there's a there's a kind of a weird part where I, I, what is it? I Bart makes mention of the fact that Maggie uh, that he's Maggie's favorite. Yes, and Lisa's like, no, 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 no. You know, I'm her favorite. And so they get into an argument, which is funny because Bart knows that she's sad. So it's weird that he's trying to antagonize her. And He's a little kid. They're brother and sister. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's true. But uh, You have a sister. If she came to you and she was feeling depressed, you'd still do the brotherly thing. I have a younger brother. I'd do the same thing. I'd be a jerk. I feel... I don't know that I would be a jerk. If my sister came to me, even when I was younger, and it said... And I realize you would have because you were a jerk to your brother. I'm a jerk. I would have done. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I, I think it's funny that you know, I because I feel like in later seasons you don't really have Bart and Lisa like competing for Maggie's love isn't really a thing that happens in later seasons. Really, they don't interact with Maggie that much. No, not really. She's just kind of the baby. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I, I I really do appreciate the fact that they, they try to, like, work Maggie in a little bit more uh, in sort of like a even a character sense, you know, in this in this episode. And, uh, uh, you know, Bart tries to, like, you know, win her over with the rattle and she goes to the TV 
the one true love that we all have. Yes. But what's kind of funny is, like, I feel like this joke kind of comes off as, like, a sitcom joke. Because there's no commentary from Bart or Lisa afterwards. It's Maggie goes to the TV, she hugs it, and then it fades to black and it's a commercial. Yeah, you could add that little banana kind of going after it. Kind yeah, of thing. like, you could have inserted a laugh track and I feel like it would have been, like... Just it would just would have been the cherry on the uh, sitcom Sunday when normally The Simpsons is a little more clever with that kind of stuff. So I thought that was a little weird. I, uh, but I, uh, but so anyway, I uh, later in the night, you know, uh, May or uh, Lisa's pretty depressed. Homer loses to to Bart again in his video game. He goes and yells at Lisa, which even though just a little bit ago she had confided in them that she didn't feel like her existence mattered. It's not great parenting on Homer's part. It's not great parenting on Homer's part, but he lets his emotions run him. You're not wrong. So, but really, like, I feel like the 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 worst part is is Homer's like he he tells Bart that the reason he lost is because the the infernal racket of the the saxophone, and then he proceeds to go upstairs and actually yell at her when really all he had to do is just keep blaming her and just keep playing and keep losing because he was going to lose and just at the end of it be like ah yeah it's your your sister's music ah yeah, well maybe next time we'll play another match and have it a fair match. I mean, did you ever get mad at? things that weren't reasonable when you lost in a video game yes but not my own then again i don't have my own children but not my own children because i remember my cousin getting really mad at me for him losing in rygar when i was growing up at one point really yeah he died at some boss and got really pissed at me and i didn't do anything except for sit there and watch him i was like okay that's kind of depressing you're older than me so sure i guess that was the problem (laughs) you're older than me so yeah you win uh but so Homer, you know, barks at Lisa. She gets sad. And then she hears music in the night. And so she goes off on her own. Which is dangerous for a little girl. It is, but kids do stupid stuff all the time. That's true. There is, uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell an abridged version of the story just so it's, it's, it's quick. But uh, there was a time when I was watching my sister and her friend at a mall. Uh, when, you know, malls still existed. And I... Uh, so, so I, I, they wanted to go off and do their own thing. They, you know, my, my sister didn't want her older brother hanging out with her, which, okay, fair enough. I told her, I was like, all right, just be careful. You know, don't go talking to random people. Stay, you know, like don't leave the mall or whatever and meet me in the food court. And I was like, meet me at around like one o'clock or whatever. If a stranger offers you candy, don't take it. Yeah, I, I offered the basic stuff because if you can see a down power line. Don't jump it with your bike. Basic GI <laughs> Joe PSA stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I, and here's the thing, I there was a story that had gone around of how a kid at this mall of ours, Wonderland Mall, had gone missing. He had oddly gone missing on my brother's birthday. So oh, yeah, it that's really right. affected my mom. She was really depressed by this story. Man, yeah, I uh, and we it ended up uh, years later. We found out that potentially she did something to her own kid. Is like what we ended up finding out later. I think it's still an unsolved mystery that I check into every few years. Man, yeah. So, so you know that th- that fear is in the back of my head. Like I I know that that something bad has happened previously in this mall before. So I go to the food court, and it's like the one o'clock time or whatever, and my sister and her friend aren't around. And I wait maybe like 15 minutes. And then I start thinking like, well, all right, they're probably in a store, not paying attention to the time, whatever. I proceed to go through the mall one way, loop all the way around and loop down the other, 
looking and I dive into the alcoves because every like uh, maybe, I don't know, 100 feet or so, there were like those little like uh, extra halls that had some extra stores in them. And I'm looping around and I can't find them. And it's probably like 145 ish at this point, And like they're nowhere to be seen in the mall. I they're not in the food court. I go to security. I start arguing like now. Keep in mind, I'm probably like, I don't know, 13 ish at the time. And uh, my sister's, you know, maybe 11-ish or something, you know, pretty young. So to put this in context for anyone who's a younger listener, this is the mid-90s. Not everybody had a cell phone. There was right. a time when we didn't all carry them in our pockets. Right, yeah. There was a, a payphone that I could use in this mall. So I yell at security, and they're like, well, we'll see what we can do. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I've looked through every store. You need to, like, like take a look out in the parking lot area. Can you look through security footage? Like, do what you can. And so I had to call my mother and like, and I, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? I've lost my sister. I call up my mom and I'm like, ma, you know, and you keep in mind too that my sister and uh, her friend and I walked to the mall. You know, it's not a very long walk from, from where we lived. It's maybe like a 15, 20 minute walk or something, maybe a half hour tops. And uh, I call my mom. And I was like, Mom, I don't know what to do. I've lost – Beth and her friend are gone, uh, my sister Beth. And uh, I was like, I, I don't know what to do. And so she's like, all right, calm down, Craig. She's like, keep it calm. I'm going to call home, see if, if anything happened. I was like, well, you know, I, I I told them to wait here. There's no way. My mom – and I was like, all right, I'll call back in five minutes. Five minutes later, I call back for an update to see if my mom learned anything. And she goes, Craig, they're at home. And I was like – what <laughs> they left you they left they abandoned me in the mall which if they had told me that's what, what they were doing and that was the plan i would have left early with them because i was just waiting around for them and i had never been more angry in my entire life than i was then and i told my mom i was like mom you might want to call beth and her friend and let them know that i am going to kill them when i get home hung up the phone told security about it apologized left and i uh, and I just and, and like so when I see like Lisa going off into the night and just wandering off and like I think there's a, a small part of parents everywhere who are going to be like my kid would never do such a thing. Well, I had a great mom, but kids are stupid. Kids are dumb. They'll kids do are dumb idiots. And I had never been more angry in my life because a kid was an idiot. And so, uh, yeah, my uh, uh, sister caught a whole lot of hell for that. Uh, but uh, so Lisa goes off into the night all on her own, through alleys and stuff, and she meets Bleeding Gums Murphy. Let, let's go back to her wandering through alleys and stuff. Yeah. Where does she end up? In her moment of crisis, in the middle of the night, when she leaves, where does she go? When she's depressed? Oh, I don't know, maybe the bridge where her father attempted suicide? That's a little dark, isn't it? Like, it's mm -hmm. the same bridge that he went to go jump off of and kill himself. Although now it is a place of uh, uh, redemption, so to speak, and arguably even redemption for Homer as he found that he wanted to, to live at this bridge. Also, it's a little safer for Bleeding Gums and Lisa because now there's a sign there to keep people from speeding through it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Good job on Homer. 
Yeah, and I don't think Marge paid attention to that sign in the uh, the next minute or so because she came up on the scene pretty quick. But uh, she meets Bleeding Gums Murphy here, uh, who is a uh, uh, probably uh, what would you say the character seems to be in his like mid forties, uh, older black guy. I would say forties to early fifties. Early fifties uh, was a, a jazz musician, and uh, uh, at this stage, we don't know a ton about Bleeding Gums Murphy. Just that uh, he's never been to the dentist, hence why his friends call him Bleeding Gums. Murphy. Murphy, and uh, that scene still disturbs me. Oh, uh, what scene? Just him saying that he never has been to the dentist. <laughs> uh, that, that just um, my skin crawls at that one. <laughs> yeah, a little gross. Uh, I take, mean, hey, take care of your teeth, sc- kids. Yeah, but dentists are scary. I get it. Don't take care of your kid, teeth, kids. <laughs> so, I. Uh, so, Bleeding Gums Murphy's wisdom for Lisa is that the blues aren't about feeling better, but instead are about making other people feel worse, which I feel like is delightfully cruel. I think so, but it makes me want to listen to the blues. I mean, I like the blues, and I do like the suffering of others, so it adds up. I love Bleeding Gums Murphy as his character. I really do. I think he's one of the few characters who shows up is kind of an inspiration for the kids mm-hmm. and never really has a bad side of them that they learn. Like, Yeah, that's true. There's, there's, I mean, most, most all citizens of Springfield have some kind of negative aspect. You know, they're, they're either secretly insane or uh, not so secretly insane or they're stupid or whatever. Bleeding Gums is always kind of hope for Lisa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he you know, like, he, he doesn't offer much except to, to play music with her. And he even says, like, hey, I can't help you, kid. You don't, you know, you don't really have real problems, but we can jam. Which is kind of an interesting thing to say to someone who's suffering from depression. And it gets, you don't have real problems. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. It gets her out of it, but it, it, that's harsh, man. Those are pretty harsh words. And it, it yeah, I, I, I can't imagine ever telling somebody who has depression, well, you don't have real problems. Never tell somebody that because you don't know what they're going through. They could, you know, be dealing with some really heavy stuff that you're not seeing behind the scenes. That's true. And, and even if they're not, I mean... Depression in and of itself is sort of, I mean, that's kind of its thing, right? Is that it's sort of this invasive, horrible, like, sort of thought pattern, so to speak, that you can't control. And even if things aren't going that bad, you feel like they are. It's almost an otherworldly presence that affects your mind. Yeah. It's kind of a, a twisted way to look at it, but yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, so, I, uh, Marge, I, uh, you know, swings up on the scene to pick Sp- up. Speeds up on the scene. Oh yeah, ignores Homer's sign completely. All that her father, all that her husband worked for, completely ignored. And uh, here's the thing, though, she she lets Lisa know that you know they were worried, but we don't ever see them finding Lisa's gone. And how do they find Lisa? Like, does is it that Marge just thought, oh god, she's depressed, and goes to the bridge? That's what I'm assuming happened. Is oh god, she's going to do the same thing her father did. Now, did the kids know that Homer was going to jump off the bridge when he was there? Or was it just like, hey, kids, come with me. I read this note. I got to go. Well, I the uh, I think it was in, I think one of the kids found the letter of Homer's saying that he was going to end his okay, life. Because I didn't remember that. I, I don't remember for sure. I, I, I Now I kind of wish that I, I had done a little more research on that. I, I, do, I believe one of the kids finds it. I think it's like Lisa. 
Because like Bart freaks out about his piggy bank being broken. Lisa finds the note and March exclaims like, oh, my God, or something. Uh, but here's the other thing, the, the sort of the, 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 the less depressing view of this scene is perhaps it's just what Lisa did, where Marge listened to the music. She heard a saxophone in the distance and thought, oh, that's where Lisa is. That could be. That's which, what I'm hoping. Which could be relating to her daughter, which is kind of nice. She understands yeah. her daughter a little bit. Yeah, which uh, she, you know, Marge begins to understand Lisa a little better as the episode goes on, which is kind of nice. But I... Uh, uh, we'll get to that in a moment because uh, uh, after the scare of Lisa just wandering off in the night and hanging out with just some random stranger and playing music, well, Homer decides, you know what, I'm going to win at this video game and he wants to go practice. Which, I mean, we've all been there. We've lost at a video game. We've wanted to beat it and we've practiced and practiced and practiced. Hey, there have been so many times where my daughter has been horribly depressed and randomly appeared at the scene where I attempted suicide, and I just thought, you know what? I want to get better at this video game. Listen, if you're beating me in Capcom vs. SNK2, I'm gonna go. I don't care what my daughter's <laughs> jumping off the bridge I was gonna kill myself at. Oh, I'm man. playing some Sagat and some Rugal at that time. So, I... Noiseland Video Arcade finally appears in the show. Our namesake, finally, in actual name, instead of just being ref- as referenced as a random arcade that Nelson was, you know, shaking kids down for quarters at. The Elm Street Arcade is what it was. Yes, that's what it was on Elm Street. So we do know that Noise uh, Noiseland Arcade is on Elm Street. Now, did you catch some of the names of the arcades here? I've got a bunch of them listed here. Well, there's one in particular that I really like. I, I think it's going to be the same one that I like. But <laughs> so go ahead and name some. I've got Eat My Shorts. Yep. Pacific Rat. Uh-huh. Captain Noisy. Uh-huh. Escape from Grandma's House, which shows up later in the series. Uh, yes, it does. There's also an Itchy and Scratchy game. And then there's the one that I really liked and I'm assuming you really liked. <laughs> Let's try saying it at the same time. Robert, Robert Goulet, Goulet Destroyer. Destroyer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Robert Goulet appears for the first time with his own arcade game and won't appear for, what, five more seasons? Five more seasons, About yeah. five more seasons, yeah. Robert Goulet eventually has a, uh, a guest appearance in an episode later, but Robert Goulet has his own arcade game, Robert Goulet Destroyer. If there's anyone out there who mods video games, please make Streets of Rage into Robert Goulet Destroyer, and I will play that quicker than you can know. Now, I do love Yuzo, uh, Yuzo Koshiro's music in Streets of Rage, but if you replace it with Robert Goulet music, and it was Robert Goulet beating up everybody, oh my god, I would totally play that in a heartbeat. Imagine Robert Goulet's music on that soundboard, so it sounds like Streets of Rage oh, too. Oh, it would be so good! Man. Oh man, that would be so good! Oh, now I want to listen to some Robert Goulet. Uh, so so Homer finds uh, uh, this kid who's this, like, ace at uh, uh, Super Slugfest. Which, if anybody ever remembers Burger King from the 90s, this kid reminds me of Kid Vid, the main kid from Burger King Kids Meals. <laughs> kid, kid with sunglasses in the arcade. Slick hair. Way too cool for school. And uh, so I... Apparently, the his like claim to fame at this time, uh, one of the kids mentions to Homer that he's on his original quarter after 2,000 fights. That's pretty impressive. Do you know how much money he would have made that arcade if every game was a uh, quarter? How many? He would have made the arcade $500 just, just as kids tried to play him. 
over and over again. Good God. Street Fighter 2, you ranked in the cash back in the day. <laughs> right? And that was one quarter. I'm pretty sure a lot of these arcades ended up turning into 50 cents. Also, arcades are an interesting thing at this point in time mm-hmm. because they were really associated with scummy kind of punk kids in the late 80s. Yeah, that's true. This is where people would deal drugs and things, and adults going into arcades was weird, which the guy who gives homework quarters kind of treats him like he's a creep being there. And I mean, it is a little weird, but I mean, like nowadays, like video games are just so accessible for everybody that it's not just a kid thing anymore or a teenager thing, you know, but uh, but even the mother, like when uh, Homer uh, gets his like, you know, uh, uh, you know, teeth knocked in by this kid in this game and he picks up all these secrets or whatever, uh, he uh, the mom like picks up the kid and she like gives Homer like a, a, a like she just berates him and and she uh uh you know just like goes through uh like you know like oh you're a man of your age you should feel ashamed of yourself and Homer's like oh, I think I hear my wife calling and like runs off real quick or whatever but I uh, but yeah like how weird is that like if can you imagine Sean being in an arcade and like you know like there's like you're playing a fighting game and some kid joins you or something and you play him or whatever and the mom comes up and just starts yelling at you like how you should be like ashamed of yourself like how awkward and weird would that be oh I'd probably yell back at her I'd probably <laughs> yell back at her <laughs> I'm somebody who hangs out in the arcade at least once a month. And yes, some arcades still do exist. And if you have local arcades in your area, support them and go to them. Absolutely. But man, if somebody's parent came up to me and was like, you're playing with my kid, I'd be like, cool, I don't care. (laughs) Put your kid on a leash if you don't like it. I'm playing Third Strike, so if you got a problem with it, keep him away from Third Strike. (laughs) <laughs> so, so Homer picks up these secrets, and uh, uh, meanwhile, Marge is taking Lisa to uh, band practice, and uh, she uh, earlier in the episode had uh, remembered the advice her mother gave her, which uh, wasn't great. It was you know smile because that lets people know how good of a mommy you have. This right here is my favorite scene in the entire episode. And I think it might be my favorite Marge scene in the entire first season. It, you know, I really like this one. I, I don't know if it's my favorite. I'd have to give that some thought, but I, I think this is pretty solid. I absolutely love this scene where she takes Lisa to school to go to band practice. Yeah, she tells the she tells Lisa, she's like, hey, I want you to put a smile on. And Lisa's like, well, I don't feel like smiling. And she's like, listen, honey, you know, this lets people know that your mommy's not doing a horrible job. Make sure to smile. And, you know, so she puts on a smile and Marge is, you know, for a, a brief glimmer of a moment, is kind of proud, like, oh, okay, yeah, she's happy now. Like, in her head, she's done right. And then she waits for a moment when she lets Lisa out. And she watches Lisa's interactions. And first she interacts with some kids who are there. Who are real dirtbags. Yeah, they are. Like, the one kid is like, oh, you want to come to my place and do my homework? At first, when I was watching the scene, when he was like, do you want to come to my place? I was just like, oh, please don't let the series go here. Like, this is way too creepy. I don't like this. And they were like, and do my homework. And it's like, oh, okay, that's... Not great, but it's still not as creepy as I thought it was going to be. And he's basically like, hey, you know, you're kind of cool now that you don't have your own opinions. Mm-hmm. And then Largo comes out, who, you know, in a lot of other episodes, Largo's not that bad. But in this one, he's kind of crummy. Oh, he's a jerk in this episode. And he's like, well, Lisa, I hope we won't have an outburst like we of creativity like we did last time. And Marge flips. Marge is just getting madder and madder as she watches all of this. Every single line, it cuts to Marge just getting mad, watching this at the steering wheel of her car. Oh, yeah, it's great. And so Marge 
peels out, loops around, grabs Lisa, and just scoops her right into the car and tears off into the uh, into the, the the day. I was going to say tears off into the night, but it's not night at this point. And, uh, and then she uh, lets Lisa know, like, hey, if you're sad, put a frown on your face. Like, you know, d- you know, we'll work through this together. Which is awesome. This is such a good scene with Marge, and I love it from her. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of sitcoms around this time would have just been like, like, by the end of the episode, it just would have been like, oh, well, we fixed your problem. Insert laugh track. That's the end of the episode. And Marge specifically says, if you don't feel like smiling... I'll smile for you, mm-hmm. which is awesome. She's trying to support her daughter no matter how her daughter feels. Yep, and and at the end of the episode, Lisa has a smile on her face, and Marge is like, Lisa, you know, you don't have to smile anymore, and she's like, I know, and she's happy that her mom actually gets it. Like, you know, she's she's not just, like, forcing her to smile, which is great. I love the scene, and I and I, I think that uh, uh, a lot of shows should have done something like this, and a lot of people should view it this way, you know, things like depression. It's just, hey... We'll work through it. Like, like I can't help you right now, but we'll like I'll stand by you. Yeah, which is awesome. I love the way this just whole scene pans out. I was so happy with it as a kid, mm-hmm. and rewatching it as an adult, I respect Marge so much more for that. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. But alternatively, there's a scene I don't respect Marge in coming up. Well, yeah, but I. Uh, so we get back to. The home, and Bart and uh, Homer are are about to play, and Bart's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, destroy you," and and Homer's like, "Well, hope you don't kill me too bad, son." <laughs> and he starts winning because he picked up all these tricks at the arcade, which. For the record, the arcade and the console have the exact same graphics, which I don't know if that says a lot about the crumminess of the arcade or the cr- or the grandeur of this crazy Atari system with amazing graphics. Yeah, a little from column A, a little from column B. Fair enough. Maybe the animators didn't know there would be a big difference between the two of them. <laughs> that could be. Who knows? Maybe so, we're nitpicking a 30-year-old show. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you implying for a, just the briefest of moments that we're thinking about this stuff way too much? Uh, no. No, I'm not. Oh, good. Good. Because <laughs> then we'll no longer have a show. <laughs> so, I. Uh, so Homer's about to win. He's destroying Bart, and Homer is now being the one who's like you know narrating everything, and he's talking about how he's gonna like finally end the win, like the win streak. And Marge is like, Homer, we gotta talk. Homer, we gotta talk. And she does the cruelest thing any human being can do to someone playing a video game. She unplugged it. She unplugged the system. Who does that? That is real rotten. I have. I've been a brat as a kid, and my mom has never unplugged the system. I always had, like, a general respect where she'd be like, okay, well, when you get to a point where you can pause the game, pause the game. And, and, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm glad she never did that. My mom also (laughs) has a really bad habit, though, of like, oh, it's a cutscene in a game. That was a point where I can talk to you. Obviously, you're not playing. It's like, no, but I'm paying attention. I don't interrupt a TV show when you're doing it. (laughs) Right? So, so Marge messes up the uh, Homer's one shot at victory and I will say I love uh, Homer or, or more specifically Dan Castellaneta's delivery of the oh no in this scene it's so high pitched and wonderful oh no it's just he's so sad uh, and uh, to this day if I win a, at a game that I'm not especially great at or I'm not going to play much I specifically tell people much like Bart did that I'm uh, uh, retiring as the undisputed champion at the game <laughs> because there's just something wonderfully charming about 
that line, how Bart realizes that he's about to lose. He's not going to be able to beat his father and decides, you know what? I'm ending on the top. And it's real rotten. And it's a real, real crummy thing. But there's something real fiendishly uh, charming about it. Basically, don't tournament with Craig because he'll leave after round one saying he's the champion. <laughs> or I'm the champion. Craig, we didn't fight, fight for the... Oh, I'm not... I've never been defeated, so I'm the champion. See ya. I... So... I... Lisa decides that she has, uh, uh, you know, something she wants them to do, right? Yeah, she's got an event she wants to go to. Something yeah. she wants the whole family to experience. Mm-hmm. And they go to a jazz bar. Which is interesting that there is a jazz bar in Springfield. And it's a pretty cool place. I, I would hang out at that jazz club as an adult now. <laughs> it seemed cool. And uh, and Lisa, uh, I, I feel like, gets a lot of co- a big confidence boost in the scene. Well, even if it's not necessarily specifically mentioned. Only because Bleeding Gums Murphy plays her song. The song that she sang earlier in the episode about how she has a, you know, I have a bratty brother. Uh, he bugs me every day. Uh, my, you know, my mom gave my last cupcake away. You know, the, the like the this blues song that she made up with Bleeding Gums, he sings. And it's a cool scene. If, if you were mm-hmm. to ever write a song for one of your idols and they were to s- sing it for you, even if they're from a local band. Sure. That's a cool thing to experience. Absolutely, I, uh, I I thought I thought the scene was really cool, and it ends with uh, uh, you know Bleeding Gums Murphy saying, "My dad belongs in a zoo," and Homer going, "What?" And it just like kind of like you know plays the rest of the song, and it you know cuts out. Uh, I feel like ending on that line, you could add a laugh track and fade to black. Yeah, kinda. Uh, I I feel like it's a it's not quite as like because because it, it I don't know I that line didn't bother me quite as much as like the 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 Maggie hugging the TV and just fading to black because it's just like you're not gonna say anything you're not gonna comment on anything at least the ending to this episode is a funny line yeah yeah it's not too bad and so I uh, let's go ahead and jump right into the lasting impact of this episode I think this episode is what establishes Lisa as a character up until this point she was mm-hmm. just basically the girl. She was the girl of the kids. Yeah. And there are two girls, but Maggie's the baby. Right. Lisa's the girl. Bart's the boy. Maggie's the baby. That's their dynamic. And this kind of gives Lisa her own thing. She's really into jazz. We learn that she suffers from depression. She Mm -hmm. has real world issues that she deals with. Yeah. I think all of this, the lasting impact, is this changes Lisa and how she'll be for the rest of the years. You know, I feel like, uh, and you're not wrong. You're absolutely correct. This does uh, really establish Lisa. But there's something else in this episode that I feel like uh, has a lot of lasting impact. And I think it's the the formula for the episode. Because this is, to the best of my knowledge, is the first episode where you have a main plot and a fully fleshed out subplot. Because many, many Simpsons episodes later on will have this formula where it's sort of there's something big going on and then there's something going on in the back with another character. That's a typical sitcom-y thing for like cartoon shows. I know Family Guy does it, American Dad does it, Mission Hill did it, where you have two plots going on at once and there's a subplot and a main plot. And I, I mean, this would have been, like, because this predates all that, South of course. Park does it, obviously. Simpsons right. did it, basically, is yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah, you know, and I think that this episode is the first of the series that has that, where it's more, like, the, the subplot is more fleshed out than just, like, a few random jokes. You know, because there's there's a few little, like, uh, uh, you know, things here and there that happen as sidebars in The Simpsons. But, you know, I, I feel like in this episode is when it really, really shows itself as, as sort of being that formula that they're going to use 
maybe not much in season one, but as season two and season three and the seasons start moving on, that'll sort of be the kind of the MO of The Simpsons. No, I can totally see that. I, so I, I think that's uh, about it for uh, today's episode. Yeah, I don't have too much more to say about today's episode. It, no, it's, it's a good episode. It, it is a solid episode. It is, uh, it, it's, it's a lot more serious. There's not as many jokes, but some of the jokes that are there are pretty great. I, uh, but I, I, before we uh, fade out, I did want to, of course, mention that uh, we have uh, another show on the network that uh, I'd like to uh, give a special shout out to is uh, Last Action Podcast uh, is uh, our buddies LPJ and Sphinx, where they talk about uh, old action. Well, maybe not even old, sometimes newer uh, action movies. And uh, much like Sean and I do with The Simpsons, where we break it down and go through it. If you're into action movies, definitely check them out. And why wouldn't you be into action movies? Everybody loves to shoot them up. I mean, yeah, they're pretty great. It's hard to go wrong with an action movie. They're 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 a ton of fun. Even but, the uh, bad ones are fun. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There's there are some pretty crummy ones out there. Kind of like The Simpsons. Even the bad episodes have some good jokes, and there aren't that many bad episodes. Yeah, that's true. And as we go on, we're gonna have less and less bad episodes and more just pure gold as we go, which is great. I uh, but I uh, definitely appreciate uh, everybody watching and watching Listen. sorry <laughs> listening i uh i've been recording too many long plays lately <clears throat> uh, but uh anyway i uh, uh thanks for listening make sure to check out our next episode and i uh, uh, if you're just uh, listening to this episode at random, uh, we go through the whole series. So make sure to check out uh, your other favorite episodes or even uh, just start from the beginning. Yeah, you get a little insight to the series if you go through from the beginning. You get to see it grow. Absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 been a lot of fun being able to see the series sort of like kind of blossom, so to speak. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, go ahead and catch you next time. Blossom. Are we, are we are we doing an episode of Blossom next week? It's a Patreon special. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon only special. Blossom. Uh, that's not going to happen. I didn't actually watch a lot of Blossom growing up. Well, it just sounds like you're going to have to do a lot of research, Sean. Maybe I will. (laughs) (laughs) If people demand it, I will do the research for it. On Blossom. Blossom.